I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Jazz Notes podcast. I'm your host, Ben Anderson. A very happy Friday to you. Uh, as we are winding down the NBA season, you can find me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Read me at kslsports.com. Uh, make sure to uh, download the KSL Sports app on your phone, your iPad, whatever you use. Just open the App Store, search KSL Sports. It really is the best way to get all of our articles, podcasts on the Jazz, BYU, Utah, RSL, the NFL, the NBA, whatever you're looking for, we have it for you. The KSL Sports app in the App Store. Follow us on Twitter at KSL Sports, Facebook KSL Sports. Also, depending how you get your news, uh, make sure you follow us. You're going to get the best sports coverage in the state. Uh, I like to do these mailbags uh, weekly for the Jazz Notes podcast. Today, I went a little bit different. First of all, I only got a couple of questions. I am just going to focus, though, on one that I got, which is what's the ideal playoff seating for the Utah Jazz? Because I think it is pressing, as I mentioned, just six games left in the season. I think it is the biggest question for the Jazz coming down the stretch. I don't think they actually have any control over most of the seeding because everybody is within one or two games of another team in either direction right now. You know, the Jazz are a game up on the Suns. The Suns are a couple of games up on the uh, Clippers. The Clippers are a half game up on the Nuggets. And then you get into the second half of the playoffs and it's the Mavericks are a half game up on the Lakers. The Lakers are tied with the Blazers. The Blazers are a few games up on the Warriors. The Warriors are a half game up on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are a couple of games up on the uh, Spurs. The Spurs are only a half game up on the 11th seed, or I should say two games up on the 11th seeded Kings right now. So th- the playoffs are crazy. It- it's really going to be difficult to dictate who you're playing in the opening round. Uh, it's probably going to come down to the final game of the season because, you know, the Jazz are playing the Clippers who are trying to get in. The Suns have games, I want to say, against the Spurs over the last two games of the year. There's just a, a crazy stretch here that's going to be like drinking out of a, a fire hose. Uh, and then all of a sudden the, the, the dust is going to settle and we're going to know who's playing who. But I don't think anyone's really going to have a good ability to dictate who they're playing in the first round, maybe until the final night of the playoffs. And even then you're looking at other teams and hoping they have certain outcomes. So I think that's going to be really difficult to do. With that in mind, I'll give you my best guess at what I think the ideal playoff scenario is for the Utah Jazz with teams ranked one through eight. This question came to me from Glenn Anderson, uh, so I'm happy to answer it. I ended up writing a very long write-up of this as well. It might be a little easier to follow uh, if you want to go back and look at this uh, in, in print if you're just catching this because you're a subscriber to the Jazz Notes podcast. Uh, first and foremost, the thing that's going to matter most is going to be health. And, and I know that's obvious, but, you know, if the Jazz don't have Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley to open the playoffs and we have no news on what those guys are going to be like, uh, 
you know, who they play in the first round might not matter. They might not be able to get out of it. You'd probably rather play a team without great guards. Portland has great guards. Golden State has great guards. Memphis has great guards. You'd probably rather play the uh, the Spurs in the play-in. But we'll get into that a little bit more. The Lakers are very unhealthy right now. Anthony Davis has back spasms, but might be back tonight against Portland. LeBron's still dealing with his ankle injury. Sounds like they're aiming for next week sometime to get him back. He said he's never going to be back to 100% for the rest of his career. And the Lakers have issues on top of it. They just don't look like they fit all that well together. So it might be ideal to play the Lakers early in the first round. So that should dictate some seedings. Uh, Do you want to play Denver at some point because they're without Jamal Murray? That's important because I think scoring in the playoffs really matters uh, on the perimeter. So Jamal Murray has added value. Those are important. Then I think the other thing that Jazz fans shouldn't lose sight of, and it kind of was an eye-opening experience that I had the other night when I just kind of looked at the Jazz splits between home and the road, is really how good the Jazz are when they're playing at home versus on the road. And they're still a good road team. They're well above 500. They've got uh, the fifth best net rating. So they're still the fifth best road team in the NBA if you like net rating this year, though I think that might be a little weird this season because there's been so many blowouts. Uh, The Jazz are so good at home. The best chance to get to the finals and win a championship might just be to have home court advantage throughout the first round. So rather than saying, I'd rather play the seventh seed team or the sixth seed team by falling to the second or third seed, The Jazz, I think, probably are just going to have home court advantage throughout so they can open the first two games at home and have a potential Game 7 at home because they've been so good. So let me tell you a bit about why they've been so good and and, and what those numbers look like. The Jazz net rating in Utah, remember the net rating is your offensive rating, which is points you score per 100 possessions, minus your defensive rating, which is points you give up per 100 possessions. So the higher your offensive rating, the better. The lower your defensive rating, the better. The Jazz net rating in Utah is 13.8, meaning the Jazz are... 13.8 13.8 points per 100 possessions better than their at ho- uh, their opponent when they're playing at Vivint Arena. How good is that? The second ranked team is the Phoenix Suns, and they're at 9 points. The Jazz are at 13.8 points. The Suns are at 9 points. The Jazz are nearly a full 5 points better net rating, which is a huge number, than the next closest opponent. It's insane. If you look at just raw offensive rating and raw defensive rating this year, you know, the top three teams, uh, top four teams of which the Jazz are involved in both on, on both sides of the ball, it's within like a point of each other. So to have a five-point swing at home is dominant. And the Jazz really are dominant this year uh, playing in Salt Lake City. So home court advantage, I think, is probably actually the best thing for the Jazz, regardless of who they play in the first round and maybe even who they play in the second round. Uh, the Jazz have played... Uh, 33 games at home this season. They're 29 and four. The four losses have come by a combined 25 points. Only one of those has come by double digits. Uh, so that that shows you that they're just not in blowout games in Salt Lake City. They're not on the wrong side of blowouts. The Jazz have had only five wins in Utah, though, decided by fewer than 10 points. That means in the Jazz wins in Salt Lake, they're blowing teams out. In 24 wins this season in Utah, the Jazz have won by at least 10 points. 15 of those have come by 15 points. Seven of those have come by 20 points. Uh, Four have come by 30 points, and they have a 40-point win as well. So the Jazz are absolutely dominant at home. You want to play every game at home that you can in the playoffs right now with how the Jazz are playing. They're comfortable. They're sleeping in their own bed. You know, they're playing at altitude, whatever it is. They've got a good crowd advantage. Whatever you want to say it is, the Jazz want to play there. Uh, So I think that's most important. So let me lay out the top eight teams I have for you in the order that I think the Jazz would like to play them most. And we'll talk a little bit about the play-in tournament. Number one seed, the Jazz. Number two, Phoenix Suns. Number three, the Los Angeles Clippers. Number four, the Denver Nuggets. Number five, the Dallas Mavericks. Number six, the Los Angeles Lakers. 
Number seven, the Golden State Warriors. And then at number eight, I have the uh, San Antonio Spurs. So if the playoffs started today, the four play-in teams would be the uh, Portland Trail Blazers, the Golden State Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the San Antonio Spurs. And those are in order of how they're ranked right now. So the seventh-seeded Trail Blazers would play the eighth-seeded Warriors in the first game of the play-in tournament. Whoever won that game would be guaranteed the seventh seed. Then the ninth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies would host the San Antonio Spurs. Whoever wins that game would advance to the second round and would have to play the loser between the seventh and eighth-seeded games. So in, in my scenario... I think it's ideal for the Golden State to win that opening round of the playoffs uh, or of the play-in tournament, I should say, and get the seventh seed and then Portland to have to play the winner of the ninth and tenth seed, which is between the Grizzlies and the Spurs. And I would say ideally for the Jazz, you'd want the Spurs to win that that second play-in game and then ultimately win the third play-in game over the Portland Trailblazers to get that eighth seed. Because I think of the four teams left, Trailblazers, Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs, the Jazz would have the best chance of sweeping San Antonio and getting a little bit of extra extra rest before the second round. This season, uh, the Jazz are actually really good against all those teams. They're a combined, uh, let's see, they're 3-0 against the Spurs, 3-0 against the Grizzlies, uh, 2-0 against the uh, Trailblazers. So right now that's 8-0, and they're 1-1 against the Warriors. So they're 9-1 against those teams. Whoever they play, they'll be heavily favored to win, but... I think, obviously, you don't want to play Steph. You probably don't want to play Dame uh, in a first-round series. You just don't want to play them seven times because they can get hot. They can each score 50 points every game and then just run away with it. So I think, ideally, if you're the Jazz, you find yourself in a spot where you're playing either the Grizzlies or the Spurs. Like I mentioned, the Jazz have been blowing out the Spurs this year. Average win margin is 21 points uh, in the three wins. Their average win margin against the Grizzlies in the three wins is just over seven points. So the Spurs have been a much better matchup for the Jazz. Uh, So that's ideally who you would play. That's who I think. Now, there's some thought that maybe you say, hey, just have the weakest level of competition you can in the the, uh, postseason tournament, because if you have to face any of these teams, you would rather face Memphis down the road if they were to get hot and win than you would Golden State in the conference finals, potentially. I understand that. I actually do think you want the seventh seed to give the second seed, in my scenario, the Suns, a good first round matchup and potentially upset them. Uh, you want the Suns out of the playoffs because you don't want to face them in the Western Conference Finals because the easier path you have, the better. Uh, That also lends some credence to the idea that maybe you want the Lakers, who I've got in my situation at the sixth seed, maybe you want the Lakers at the seventh seed, and you want them to play the Suns in the first round, knowing that early on you're going to eliminate one of those two teams, either LeBron and Anthony Davis or Devin Booker and Chris Paul. One of those teams is gone. There's a ton of credence to that as well. However, I'll explain my scenario a little bit more going on here in just a moment. I do like the idea of Steph Curry going up against Chris Paul if I'm a Jazz fan and just knowing that one of those teams is going to be eliminated. Suns probably beat the Warriors there, but that's fine. It's still probably not going to be a four-game sweep. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I still think uh, Steph's going to be good enough with that much experience with Draymond that it's going to be hard for uh, it's going to be hard to to eliminate them quickly. So that's my ideal scenario for the play-in tournament. The Jazz would draw the Spurs. The Suns would draw the Warriors with the second seed. I think if you're going to rank them in order of teams the Jazz would like to play, it would go Spurs 1, Grizzlies 2, Blazers 3, Warriors 4. 
So anyways, that that's my opening round for the Jazz. Jazz versus Spurs. That's most ideal. I told you about 2-7. Ideally, the Suns versus the Warriors. Then here's why I don't think you want the Lakers to play against the Suns in the opening round, and you'd rather them sit at six outside of the play-in tournament, then they have to play the Los Angeles Clippers in the first round. And that's the dream scenario for everybody in the West, is that the two LA teams play in the opening round and have to eliminate one another. One of those teams is gone automatically before you even reach the conference semifinals. That means either Kawhi Leonard and Paul George or LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out before the second round. That's a dream scenario. That's what everybody wants if they want to have a realistic chance to win the West because you're going to likely have to beat one LA team. You don't want to have to beat both LA teams. So if they have to play each other, especially early, you're going to be in really good shape. Then in the 4-5 matchup, I have the Nuggets going against the Mavericks. Uh, I think that's also a good scenario for the Jazz because that means whoever wins that series, assuming the Jazz win their one versus eight series, and they would if it was the Spurs, they're probably going to, regardless of who they play, as long as they're healthy, the Jazz would get either the Nuggets or the Mavericks in the second round and would get to avoid the Suns and Clippers, who would most likely be playing each other, assuming the Suns beat the Warriors and the Clippers beat the Lakers. So the second round would set up like this. Jazz versus either the Nuggets or the Mavericks, and then the Suns versus the Clippers. Again, the advantage of the Suns playing the Clippers is by the time one of those teams reaches the conference finals, either Devin Booker and Chris Paul are gone, or Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are gone. Actually, this year, the Clippers have been a bad matchup for the Suns. They're 2-1 and one in that series. When both teams have been fully healthy, the Clippers have won both games. The Suns won at home a couple of weeks ago, but the Clippers didn't have Kawhi Leonard, and it was still kind of a close game. So there's... You know, there's an advantage there for the Clippers. uh, And if they had to play on the road, I think that would be a deep, maybe six or seven game series. And again, as I mentioned, you want each of these teams to have to play as many possible games as they have to before the Jazz would face them. So I think that's the ideal matchup of having them on the other side of the bracket. The Jazz in the second round, as I mentioned, owning the one seed would open the conference semifinals at home against either the Denver Nuggets or the Dallas Mavericks. Who would the Jazz rather play in that scenario? Who who would you rather see win in the opening round? I think this is actually a really tough question. Uh, the Jazz have been better this year against the Dallas Mavericks so far. Uh, the Jazz went 2-1 and one this year. Remember, they won those back-to-back games here in Salt Lake City without Donovan Mitchell. They did lose their latest game, though, in Dallas, two games before the All-Star break, when the Jazz actually weren't playing great basketball. They were on kind of a tough road stretch. They'd been in Orlando the day before that, and I think Miami... Uh, two games before that. So it was it was tough. It, it was a tough stretch for the Jazz. They were clearly exhausted after a really great opening, uh, uh, opening half of the season. And I just don't think they were playing focused or, or very good basketball. How would the Jazz match up in the Mavericks now? That depends. Luka Doncic is playing at a superstar level, but he always plays at a superstar level. Uh, the Nuggets, meanwhile, are going to have the MVP in Nikola Jokic. Uh, you saw what he's able to do. He's averaging just absurd numbers against the Jazz this year, like 39 points per game. I think it's 38 and a half, 13 rebounds and nine assists. Like he's absolutely dominated the Jazz this year in their matchups. And the Jazz are one and one and they're going to play again tonight, but the Jazz are going to be without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. So you can just throw that game out the window. It's not going to tell you anything about how the playoffs are going to look unless of course the Jazz don't have Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley in the postseason. So what does this mean for the Jazz? Who would they rather play? My gut tells me, even though I think Denver's had a better season and Nikola Jokic has been the best player in basketball, my gut tells me you still probably want to face the Denver Nuggets in the second round over the Dallas Mavericks. You saw how good Luka was last year in the bubble. 
Uh, and I know that's ironic because the uh, the Nuggets actually made the conference finals uh, and Dallas was eliminated in the first round to the Clippers. But the Jazz this year have struggled against kind of dominant guard units. And, and the Mavericks don't have a dominant guard unit. They just have a dominant guard in Luka Doncic. But as the playoffs go on and have shown, I think, kind of historically, being able to generate points from perimeter scorers is essential. And it's why when we think about the best players in the game over the last two, three decades, really those best players have been guards with the exception of Shaq. But it's magic. It's, you know, Bird could score on the perimeter. Jordan, obviously. Kobe. LeBron James. Dwayne Wade. Like the guys who have won championships have been dominant perimeter scorers. And it's because those guys have enormous value in the playoffs. When you need a basket, you give it to them on the perimeter and they go down and score. Luka Doncic can do that. I don't know, even as good as Nikola Jokic has been this year, I don't think the Denver Nuggets have that without Jamal Murray. So I think in the situation where you have to pick which one of those teams you think you could beat in the playoffs, I think facing Denver without Jamal Murray, who cooked the Jazz last year in the opening round, I think not having to face him, and you're asking Faku Kompazo, you're asking you know Michael Porter Jr., some of these guys to step up, and win a playoff series for you as the second best player next to Jokic, I think that's a lot to ask. And I'm not sure any of those guys are capable of doing it. And I think they would struggle against the Jazz guards. So my thought would be you'd probably rather play Denver in the second round. I think you're probably just picking your poison between the two best, you know, international players in the game right now in Jokic and Doncic. Uh, But I think the Jazz would probably be favored in both of those matchups. I think you might prefer to play Denver. Denver without Murray, but I could be totally off. Gobert's been dominant against the, uh, the the Mavericks this year. He doesn't have a hard time with Chris Stapps, Porzingis. He's good against Luka because Luka likes to get into the paint and kind of either shoot over you or turn around and kick the ball out. Rudy's shown he's got a ton of value against that type of uh, a type of offense. So that's that's kind of where you are through the first two rounds of the playoffs. What would you like to do? Who would you like to face in the conference finals? I think that's really difficult. Uh, the Suns have swept the Jazz this year. The Jazz are 2-1 and one against the Clippers, so if you're just looking at regular season matchups, the Clippers are, are probably uh, better for the Jazz if you had to face them in the conference finals. But then again, you're playing against a guy in Kawhi Leonard who's won a championship as the best player in a playoff run, and Paul George, who you know can get hot. Or you're playing against the Suns, who Chris Paul's only ever once been to the conference finals and choked with the Rockets. Devin Booker's never been there. He's never been in the playoffs, period. DeAndre Ayton's never been there. Monty Williams doesn't have a lot of experience coaching in the playoffs, while Teron Lewis won a championship with the Cavaliers as their coach. Uh, I think there could be some advantage there for the Jazz. And if you look back at the Suns series, you know, the Jazz lost a close one in Salt Lake in the third or fourth game of the regular season. It was New Year's Eve. Uh, and then turned around and beat the Clippers the next night, actually, coincidentally. Um, or I should say New Year's Eve. Uh, then they lost to the Clippers in, or, or I should say they lost, excuse me, lost to the Suns in overtime on the road. And then they lost to the Suns big, but they didn't have either Donovan Mitchell or Mike Conley. So, you know, close loss at home, close loss on the road in overtime, and then a skeleton crew game that you lost that you were kind of setting yourself up to lose on purpose. So I, I don't 
know if there's an obvious answer of who the Jazz would want to play in the conference finals. That probably ends up coming down to who's played better so far throughout the playoffs and, you know, how the Jazz are playing. Are the guards playing well? Is Bogey playing well? Some of those matchups would probably end up dictating it uh, as the playoffs went on. But if you're in the conference finals, you've given yourself a chance. And like we mentioned, if you get the number one seed, you're opening at home, you're closing the series at home if it goes to seven games. And you don't like your chances necessarily, but you like your setup. You know, I don't know if the Jazz are, are... you know, prime to beat either of those teams, uh, but you like the fact that they get both of them, uh, both of them at home. So I think that's the ideal playoff scenario for me. I know that was a little bit long, but uh, I hope that makes sense for you. Just to extend it a little bit, Eastern Conference teams of the three that are most likely to make the finals, that's the Philadelphia 76ers who are in the one seed, the Brooklyn Nets who are in the two seed, and the Milwaukee Bucks are in the three seed. I think you just uh, take the Bucks as, as the most ideal situation for the Jazz. They swept them this year, looked really dominant in both games. Then you'd rather play the Philadelphia 76ers, who the Jazz split the season series with 1-1. Though the first game, the Jazz didn't have Conley. 76ers didn't have Embiid. The second game they lost on the road was that last game before the playoffs, or I should say before the All-Star game. It went to overtime. The Jazz felt like they got a really bad whistle. That's why they lost that game. And the Jazz have split actually with the Brooklyn Nets as well of having some issues trying to gel down this down the stretch as they've they've added James Harden and just haven't really been fully healthy but you remember how badly the Jazz have played against dominant guard lineups this year I'm looking at Washington I'm even looking at Minnesota who D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards dominated the Jazz in their matchups this season I don't think you want to play James Harden we've seen the issues with him in the playoffs before especially with Mike D'Antoni on the coaching staff. And I don't think you want to play Kyrie Irving, who cooked the Jazz really early in the season. So I think that's the layout you'd like to play uh, in the opening round. You'd like to play the Spurs. Second round, you'd like to play either the Nuggets or the Mavericks. Uh, conference finals, you'd like to play either the Suns or the Clippers. That way you get to avoid the Lakers throughout. And in the finals, uh, if you could, you'd like to play the Bucks, followed by the 76ers, followed by the Nets. That's your breakdown of the ideal tournament for the Utah Jazz, what the playoff bracket would look like. Thank you so much for uh, sending in the question, Glenn. Uh, I, I hope I answered your questions. I apologize to other people who sent in questions. I just thought this was a nice, long, important question to address as it's going to be the, uh, the, the top thought on most Jazz fans' minds. Otherwise, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. Uh, read me at kslsports.com. Follow us on Twitter at KSL Sports and on Facebook and Instagram at KSL Sports and download the KSL Sports app. We'll be back with another episode next week. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.